welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapola. And if this is your first time listening to my podcast, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. The whole premise of my podcast is I really just want people to thrive in all aspects of life, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And I also will get into some fun topics as well and just really have this be a place where I can really just be, you know, open and honest and share my life with you and bring guests on and just really have some good conversation. I also wanted to thank you guys because in the first 24 hours of launching this podcast, I made the top 100 charts, which I was so shocked by. I mean, I really genuinely did not know that that would happen. I didn't expect it. And a friend was like, Janine, did you know that you made the top 100 charts? And I was like, what? So thank you guys so much. I couldn't have done it without you. It means so much to me just to see already the difference this podcast is making, all the feedback I've gotten from you guys. It is such a blessing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so excited to um, finally have this podcast launched and out in the open. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted just to share something that really made me happy today because obviously the goal of this um, podcast is to be happy and healthy. And before I start every episode, I want to share something that really just made me smile and made me happy. So this morning, um, I got to just kind of read my word and journal a little bit. And I also got to play my piano and worship, which is probably my most favorite thing to do. And so I don't get to do that every single morning, but I got a little bit of time this morning to do that. And that just really started my day off on the right foot. So I always just love that. So yeah, that's what made me happy today. But Finally, let's get into today's episode, and today's topic is how to grow your relationship with the Lord. Um, Maybe you're not a Christian, or maybe you don't really understand Christianity, or maybe you don't understand, like, who really is God, or why are you Christian, Janine, or why do you rave about this so much, or whatever your your question may be, or whatever the case may be. Um, I've been a Christian for my entire life, but I've definitely hit some bumps along the road, and... I definitely will do a testimony at some point, but I've significantly changed my life in the last two years, and my relationship with the Lord has just completely changed, and I've grown as a person, and I've had so many people tell me, like, you're not the same person. Like, I have seen such a difference in you, and to me, that is, like, the best feedback, and I'm so thankful to hear that. Obviously, I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. Yes, I still have errors. There's definitely areas where, you know, people might question and be like, what the heck, Janine? Like, that wasn't cool. And I I get that. Like, we're all working on trying to be better people and everything of that sort. But I wanted to give you guys my tips and just things that I have done and implemented in my life that have really significantly changed my life, changed um, my walk with Christ, the way I see God, how I treat people, how people look at me, like everything of that sort, because I want you guys to understand this gospel. I want you to know who God is because he has changed my life and I want him to change your life as well. And just for you to see how good he is and how much he loves you. And so I'm going to be giving you guys a lot of scripture today, a lot of points and a lot of advice. This might be a little bit of a longer episode and maybe I can do a part two just because there are a lot of points to this and I can delve deeper into specific topics if it's too long or maybe you're like Janine I don't understand what you're saying can you please freaking help a sister out and maybe I can do that um but yeah let us let's just get right into this hopefully this helps you guys out and hopefully this isn't too long and I don't sound out of it I'm actually filming this at 10 o'clock at night so so bear with me okay let's just get right into it (laughs) okay let's just go ahead and jump into this so 
The first thing that I wanted you guys to kind of know is the gospel. I don't feel like we can fully understand God. We can really draw near to him if we don't really understand the gospel and like what that is and why did Jesus die on the cross and what is so significant about that. And hopefully I can explain this well and write to you guys. But basically the gospel means the good news. It means almost too good to be true news which that's what it is, honestly. Like, it, it really, really is. Because when you understand, okay, I was born into sin. We were all born into a fallen world by Adam and Eve back in Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. By them um, committing the sin, we were all now b- born into a world full of sin, unfortunately. Thanks, freaking Adam and Eve. But that's what happened. After that, you know, in the Old Testament, Everything that you did, like if you committed a sin, it always had to be atoned for by the sacrifice of something. So in the Old Testament, whenever someone like, you know, committed a sin or did something wrong, they'd have to like sacrifice an animal. Blood always had to be shed. I know it sounds weird, but this is true. Blood always had to be shed. And then that was like their way of like having their sins atoned for. And so when Jesus died on the cross, because there was sin and God was about to, you know, pour his wrath out on people, which he did, you know, he had had the flood and everything. But when, when Jesus came to the earth, he was basically the bridge between us and God. He was the final sacrifice, the final atonement for our sin. Because like I said, sin always had to be atoned for. So when Jesus literally shed his blood by dying on the cross. I mean, he was brutally beaten on a cross, hung on a cross for us, even though he had the choice to say, I'm not going to die on the cross. I'm the son of God. I don't have to. Even like the Pharisees and everyone, like almost everyone was like yelling at him. Like, if you're the son of God, then take yourself down from the cross. If you claim to be this powerful, magical God, he could have done it. He could have been like, yeah, you right. You right, homie. And taken himself down off the cross, but he chose not to because he was like, I have to fulfill this prophecy. And the prophecy was that the that he would be, that he would die on the cross and that he, he would be dead for three days and he'd be raised on the third day. And after that, we would bridge the gap between us and God, that he was the final sacrifice. Now, no longer the old covenant stood anymore. No longer that blood had to be shed. And by that, God forgave our sins. God forgave us and that we were no longer you know, seen with this, this, these eyes of wrath that, that God loved us. And he said, I now no longer remember your sins. As far as the East is from the West, I now no longer remember your sins. And that's, what's so beautiful is like, no matter what you are doing, have done, will do, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. That's scriptural. That's, that's in the Bible. And it's so beautiful because now we can spend eternity in heaven with Jesus and God, which they're part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Excuse me. I had a burp. I always drink these like sparkling waters and I love them, but they make me kind of burpy. So I'm so sorry. But I'm going to give you guys just some gospel quotes or Bible scriptures really quickly. So we can, so I'm just going to give you guys some scripture really quickly. So Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we all have. But God still loves us and and accepts us. It says, Romans 5, 8, But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. How beautiful is that? It's like, even though we were sinning, we, we didn't like God. People in the Bible were like, F you God, basically. We don't care. We don't believe you. Even though they showed all these, even though Jesus showed all these healings and all these signs and all these wonders and miracles, they still didn't believe he was the son of God. They still were like, we don't need you. We think we know what's best for us. We don't need you. But then yet, their lives were so unfruitful and they were in so much like shame and guilt. And that was not God's intended, you know, intention for us. It was that he wanted us to be free. He wanted us to walk in this freedom and to know him and to, to spend eternity with him in heaven, rejoicing and everything. And so then also Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by the grace, by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not by the result of your works so that no one may boast. So not that the the Jews or the Gentiles or anyone could be like, well, you know, I'm saved because I just prayed really, really hard. And because I went and sacrificed every animal and I drenched my house in oil and I, you know, prayed on the hour. It's not a religious thing, you guys. It is just solely by the grace of God. By Jesus dying on the cross, it's nothing we did. Because again, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all been a sinner. But yet he still died for us. And that's what's so beautiful about this gospel. is like, even though we are messed up, even though we are sinners, even though we you know keep falling short, we will continue to do that. He still says, I love you. I mean, I died on this cross for you. I still accept you. A lot of people have this this idea in their head like, I cannot come to God because I'm so messed up. Let me clean myself up before I come to God and then he'll accept me. And God's like, no, 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 my child. Let me clean you up. First, you come to me and then I clean you up. You come as you are. So it's not, you don't have to clean yourself up first and then he accepts you. He says, no, I accept you exactly the way you are. You come to me and then I clean you up. And that's what's so beautiful about this gospel. And Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So when you believe in him and you believe in this gospel, that is when you get this salvation. And that's why me, Janine Amapola, I'm not ashamed of being a Christian. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because that has given me my freedom. It has given me this eternal life. It has given me this salvation even though I'm a messed up person, even though I still sin regularly, daily, I'm still not a perfect human being. Um, I'm not ashamed of it because it has set me free. It has changed my life. So this is really like the gospel. And this is how you become saved is like, but based upon Romans 10, 9 through 13, it says, but if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How beautiful is that? And then if you go forward, it says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one is confessed, sorry, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You guys, it doesn't matter what you've done or who you are or what you've committed or how bad you think you are, how messed up you think you are. It says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How amazing is that? That's why the gospel is too good to be true because you're like, 
I don't, maybe you might think this. Maybe you're like, I've messed up. I'm not good enough to come to God. He would never accept me. He would never love me. But I promise you, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How beautiful is that? And I think something that we need to understand is that a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't want to be a Christian because, you know, he, it's, it's, it's like he's ripping me off from having fun or, you know, I just want to do what I want to do or this feels good or, you know, those laws are too hard to obtain or whatever it may be. You might think that the Bible is just too strict or too rigid or it's going to rip you off from having fun. But in reality, really his laws are to protect us because he loves us. In Proverbs it says, he disciplines those he loves. And because he loves us, he disciplines us. And when you start realizing that the gospel is so good and that it's really to protect you and to set you free, it's not to rip you off. It's not to prevent you from having fun. It's to protect you so that you can live a fruitful um, a fruitful life and a life that doesn't have regret and shame and guilt and band not bandages, um, like scars and all these like wounds and baggage. It's to protect you from that. And that's why it's so good. And so when you read Psalm 19, 7 through 10, it says that the law of the Lord is perfect and refreshing to the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous and they are more precious than gold and more pure than gold. So that says like the law of the Lord is perfect and it refreshes your soul. The more you understand that and the more you abide in that and the more you dwell with him, the more you start getting the refreshing of the soul, the more you start seeing the Lord is trustworthy, the more you start seeing, wow, this does give me joy to my heart. It does make my eyes get light. I start seeing that the Lord is radiant, that the fear of the Lord is pure and it is enduring forever and that it's more precious than gold. And that is what I want you guys to understand is like, it isn't to rip you off. It's not to prevent you from having fun. It's to prevent you from having scars and bandages and regrets and things in your life that you're like, man, if someone had only told me, if someone had ever just helped me not ever make that decision, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that's why the Bible is there. It's a guidebook. It's a guideline to help you and have a better life, but not just that, like a life of of salvation and to have eternity in heaven with him when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And I want you to remember this as well. It's in 1 John 5, 3, it says, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. A lot of people think that his laws are just burdensome. They're like, there's no way I can obtain all of these. And you're right. There's no way. Like, yes, we are sinners, and there's absolutely no way we can perfectly do all of them. And that's okay. But it says that his laws are not burdensome. These are not heavy to our soul because in reality, they do set us free. And so it says, this is the love for God is to keep his commands. When we start loving God and the more that we start loving him and we start reading about who he is and why he's so good and why he's worthy of following, as a byproduct, you want to keep his commands. And you start seeing, okay, wow, these actually aren't burdensome. They do bring me more light. They do bring me more life. They do set me more free. I feel better my life is more fruitful and blessed because I follow this. And so as you're loving him, as you're abiding in him, my favorite word is abide. My abide shop girls know. As you abide in him, then you start seeing, wow, 
I want to keep his commands. So that's just something I really wanted to stress. And I think that's so important to understand is no longer we're not in an old covenant. We're not in an old covenant, which basically means we have to follow over 500 laws. And then now we don't and now we don't have to, you know, atone and sacrifice an animal every time. It's now that we're under this grace covenant that God's grace abounds on us. And he loves us no matter what. And that no matter what we do, nothing can separate us from the love of God. But that doesn't mean that we abuse that. That doesn't mean that we keep saying, well, he just loves me anyway, so I'm just going to keep on sinning. It's like, no, no, no. We we have to try and, and, and deny our flesh. And I'll get a little bit more into that later. But we can't abuse the gospel. Try not to abuse the gospel. The next thing I just really, really want to stress is just that God wants to know you intimately. And he loves you so freaking much. I don't think we can ever fully fathom how much he really does love us. It says in 1 John 4, 9 through 11, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we may live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us so that we also ought to love one another. Again, Psalm 86, 15 says, But you, Lord, are compassionate and a gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us so that we would be called children of God and see that we are that. The reason the world does not know us is that we did not know him. And John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. I want you to just remember that th that's the gospel, that he loves us so much and nothing can ever separate us from that love. Nothing you can do, our doing will do. He will love you unconditionally no matter what. The next thing on my list for you guys is just do you read his word? So in order to know who God is and to, in order to know his character and who he is, we want to read his word. We want to know Okay, what does the what does this Bible say about God? Why is he trustworthy? And it says in Hebrews 4:12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and marrows, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So basically, this word of God is not just this this is this word equated, acquainted basically an old book you know what I mean it's not this like old thing where you're like uh that was written over 2,000 years ago my freaking grandpa used to listen to that and read that like that's that ain't for me but it says that the word of God is alive and active and it's sharper than any two edge edged swords that's so so true and it's piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit so this bible is still alive and active today and can be used and should be used and to know God's character, to know who he is, we have to read it. And so John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God, or the word was with God and the word was God. So these words in the Bible are God. They are his character. They are him figuratively. And so in order to know who he is, his character, how much he loves us, how to treat people, how to like live this more fruitful life, we need to understand the word and read the word. And maybe you're like, I don't understand the word. I don't get it. It's boring. I, I don't I don't find time to read it, Janine. Like, you don't understand. It's like, no, I promise you guys I do understand because I've been there and I know that sometimes it is hard to just take the time to read it. It's hard to understand it sometimes. But that's why you know, there's devotions. I mean, listening to sermons, 
using the Blue Letter Bible app can help you watching, you know, um, watching people, theologists, theologists break down scripture, listening to podcasts. I mean, all that, like the porch, becoming something podcast, maybe my podcast, all that. It's to help you and give you resources. I promise you there's so many resources out there to help you. And I'll talk about that later. So just read his word. And and sometimes people come to me and they're like, well, Janine, like, I don't know where to start. There's so much in the Bible. Where do I start? I wouldn't recommend starting in the Old Testament. It is kind of, you know, confusing. I understand even, even for me, sometimes I'm like, what does, what does that mean? But that's again, why I tried to research and use the Blue Letter Bible app or website to help me understand that. Um, but what I would recommend you do is just try to read a chapter a day. That's why I did the 31 day Bible challenge. That's why I did the 21 day Bible challenge on my Instagram is that you read with me and you read one chapter a day. It takes 21 days to form a habit. If you simply start reading one chapter a day, you're forming this healthy habit of reading the word every single day. And I really recommend you guys do that. Just try to be disciplined. You sometimes have to make a decision. Sometimes God's not, God's not going to just come down and open your Bible for you and be like, whatever your name is, like, Sarah, read your Bible. And then you're like, yes, God, I'm going to read my Bible. He doesn't really do that. So it will take discipline and it's going to take time. But I encourage you guys to really work on that discipline because overall it's going to help you. So that was kind of my next point is making a decision to not be hot or cold. And like, what are you willing to give up? I had this IGTV video called um, Stop Looking Back. I recommend you guys check that out because I talked a little bit more about that there. But in Revelations 3, 5, 15 through 16, it says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you either be hot or cold. So God is basically saying, I would rather you be hot or cold. But because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. God would rather you be all in or all out and not just a lukewarm person where you're picking apart things that you like and you don't like. And you're just following it here and there. You're going to church on Sunday, but then, you know, Saturday the night before, you were kind of just going to the bars or partying or do, doing whatever you wanted to do. I understand it takes time to discipline yourself and to kind of like, you know, remove the old patterns and everything. I'm not trying to condemn you or judge you for that. But I think it's going to require you making a decision and saying, I'm going to choose this gospel. I'm going to choose to start denying my flesh, to deny my sin, to denying the things that keep entangling me, enslaving me, and bringing me back to bondage and sin. And so it's going to make a decision. You're going to, you're, it's going to require you to make a decision and say, I'm going to choose to give up my old lifestyle and choose this gospel, even though it's going to be hard. And I may not understand what I'm doing, but I'm going to say, God, I choose you. Matthew 12, 30 says, whoever is not with me is against me. And that's very, very important, you guys. We have to be with him. If you're not fully with him, then you, you're basically against him. And Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve, serve both God and money. We cannot have two masters. We need to either choose God or choose the world. And again, I know that's a disciplined thing. That's a hard thing. And we're not perfect at it, but to take up our cross daily, which basically means, God, daily I'm going to try to choose you. I may not be perfect at it, but Lord, I'm going to try to choose you every single day. And that's kind of what it means to take up your cross daily. So where that comes from is Luke 9, 23. It said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take his cross up daily and follow me. To take up your cross daily, you know, Jesus died on the cross and he 
he basically denied himself so that he could love us and that there would be an atonement for our sins. We're basically supposed to look like Jesus and we're called to look like Jesus. So that means denying the desires of our flesh and saying, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. And I'm going to try to follow you every single day, even though I'm not perfect at it, but I'm going to try to look like you, Jesus, to deny what I want, to deny my flesh and to be led by your spirit, God, and to call upon the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, lead me every single day. I take up my cross daily. And that's what that basically means. Okay, so moving along, my next point is church. Are you plugged in? Now, obviously, I know we're in COVID. It's so sad. Like, I haven't been to church in months. I'm so, ugh, I'm so sad. I'm definitely missing it. But whenever we can get back into the swing of things, I really, really, really recommend getting plugged in at a church, tithing, volunteering, getting involved in a Bible study there, trying to get to know people. I know it can be intimidating, or sometimes you're like, well, I don't know which church to go to, Janine. When I moved to L.A., I church hopped. I figured out which one was right for me. I probably went to like four or five churches until I finally decided the one that I felt was most scripturally based. I felt connected to. I found girls there. I found a Bible study there. I loved the worship, everything of that sort. And so for the time being, obviously, you guys can watch like online sermons. Like I watch a lot of church home. I I watch a lot of the porch, all that stuff. But get plugged into a church when you can and realize that we are the body of Christ. And we're a church is just a building is like kind of is known as a building but we really are the church we are the body of christ we're meant to be the body of christ everywhere we go to represent christ and to unite and so when we have the chance to get back into church i recommend you to find a good church and get active there and volunteer and get to know people at that church because i think that'll definitely change your life and make a difference um the next thing is this is you guys so 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 staple if you're a part of my by tribe or you're part of just kind of like my weekly Bible studies or whatever you've been around my channel for a while, my YouTube channel. I talk about this all the time and it is who are your friends? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What does your community look like? You guys, we are a byproduct of our surroundings. We are the five closest people we surround ourselves with. This is why it is so important to surround yourself with good people, people that are for you, not against you, people that uplift you, encourage you, refine you, make you better. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So basically it's saying people sharpen people. We're supposed to sharpen people and have people sharpen us. And so I significantly changed my life when I changed my friend group. So I use hanging out with a lot of different people. They're not bad people. That's not the thing I'm not trying to say is they're not bad people, but they didn't bring me closer to God. Every weekend I was out partying and drinking with people because that's all they did and it didn't make me a better person. I was so stagnant in my growth and my walk with Christ because I wasn't hanging out with people that made me better. Until I made the choice and I said, Janine, you are no longer going to do this because you're being a hypocrite. My relationship with the Lord was so stagnant, but I made that choice to say, I love these people. They're not bad people, but they're not bringing me closer to Christ. And I'm not seeing a difference in my walk with the Lord. And my life is not going anywhere. So I chose to start saying no and start saying yes to better people. And I prayed. I said, Lord, either you're going to give me a Bible study or I'm going to create one on my own. And God just placed this Bible study in my lap. It was seriously like such a miracle. And I got involved in a Bible study um, a year and a half ago now or two years ago, whatever. It has been the most life-changing, staple thing ever. Who you surround yourself with is who you will become. There's a saying that says, show me your friends and I will show you your future. It's so freaking true. And so 1 Corinthians 5.33 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good 
character. Also, Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And I think that is like so, so true. Like we want friends that will help us up, that if we fall, they will encourage us, bring us back to Christ, give us scripture, pray over us, encourage us, like make us look more like Christ. That's what we really, really want. Also in 2 Thessalonians 3, it says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. So that doesn't mean necessarily, sorry, <laughs> that doesn't mean necessarily that you're like, you know, screw my old friends and you guys all suck. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Basically, what you might need to do is you might need to, you might need to just start distancing yourself from them. Oh my goodness, that was not English. You might need to start distancing yourself from them or hanging out with them in different places. Like if your friends only just want to party or smoke or gossip, like that's your responsibility to say, I love you guys, but I'm going to distance myself from, from you guys because that's not making me better. That doesn't mean that you all of a sudden just cut them out of your life and you're like, you guys suck and you make them feel bad. You can't change people. Unfortunately, we cannot change people, but you can change yourself and you can change your playmates and your playgrounds. That basically means who you hang out with and where you hang out with them. So if all your friends want to do is party and go to the bars, then you got to change who you hang out with and where you hang out with them. So instead of going to the bars or whatever, you're just like, hey, how about we have a game night? Hey, how about we have a movie night? How about we go on a road trip? How about we go just do other things? And if your friends are, you know, bringing you closer to the Lord, then they're, they're not, if they're not bringing you closer to the Lord, then they're ultimately bringing you further away from the Lord. And you want people that are going to, you know, impact you in a positive way and vice versa. You want to be that person too, that you're bringing people closer to Jesus and you're making each other look more like Jesus every single day. Like there's this story in the Bible where like this guy couldn't walk. And so his friends literally carried him on this like mat and lowered him through a roof. Like he, like Jesus was in this house. He was surrounded by all these people. There was a crowd of people who wanted to get to Jesus. They were so, so eager to get their friend to Jesus that they literally lowered him into the freaking roof. That is the type of friend we want to be to people and that we want in our lives. There's also a verse in Proverbs that says, walk with the wise and become wise for companions of fools suffer harm. How powerful is that verse? Walk with the wise and become wise. That is why my life has significantly changed because I surrounded myself with people that have refined me, helped me be a better person, and have made me look more like Jesus. And I encourage you guys to do the same. I know it's not easy. I know right now in COVID, it's so hard to find friends. Um, but just be prayerful about that. And that's why I think it's really important for you guys to join my Bi Tribe. If you're a girl, I have a Facebook page called the Abide Tribe where you can find community all over the world and we do weekly Bible studies. So check that out. It's called the Abide Tribe on Facebook. Okay, moving forward, you guys. Devotionals. So if you're not really, if you don't really know where to read in the Bible, where to start, what to do, I recommend you read this book called Seamless by Angie Smith or there's this actual um, Bible guide called The Bible Study. Check that out. Honestly, you just go on Amazon and look for devotionals. There's so, 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 so many if you're confused where to start, definitely, definitely check that out. Okay, so we're almost 30 minutes in, so I'm going to try and go a little bit quicker. But okay, the next thing is, what are you filling your mind with? This can include movies, books, uh, music, who you're hanging out with, what you're listening, basically what you're feeding yourself. 
This pastor's name is Jonathan Pecluda. He has majorly impacted my life. He always says, be mindful of what you're mindful of. So be careful what you're feeding your mind and your heart. Because there's a Bible verse in Luke 6, 45 that says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you're filling your heart with and your mind with is what is going to come out of your mouth and that's kind of wh- how you'll treat people, how you'll look at yourself, how you'll look at yourself, the way you see the world, just like everything. Out of your heart there is so many things. Like everything flows from your heart. That's why the Bible says that's why the Bible says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That's Proverbs 423. That's why it's so important to inform your heart of the good things in the Bible, informing your heart of the word and everything in that sort. Because in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Also, Proverbs 27, 19 says, As in the water, a face reflects the face, so the heart of a man reflects the man. So basically that's saying like your life is a reflection of your heart. What you do and what you're storing your heart and what you're feeding your heart will be a reflection of what your life is. That's where everything flows from. However, it says in Ezekiel 36, 27, 26, sorry, it says, That Jesus says, and God says, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit. I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. So when you become a Christian and a believer, it says that God will give you a new heart. And it's time for us to inform our hearts of the Bible. And it it also, Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is, is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. These are the things we want to inform our hearts on, inform our minds on. Because again, everything flows from our hearts. So we want to be really, really careful because music, movies, books, all of that stuff can be informing our hearts and effectively and affecting us. And we don't even know it. We're watching a movie and we're watching this sex scene or we're listening to them cuss and say every dirty thing or they're speaking kind of like, you know, gross or just demeaning to women or whatever it is. And next thing you know, you're dropping F-bombs and you're cussing and you're like, why am I doing that? But it's usually because we're just constantly listening to these music, this music, these movies, books, whatever it may be. And we're informing our hearts of these things and we may not even be aware of it. So be mindful of what you're mindful and hopefully that makes sense. The next thing again, that is the more that you dwell in him, the more he will dwell in you. So James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It says, clean your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So the more that you are going to draw near to the Lord, the more he will draw near to you. It's pretty simple, you guys. So as you're seeking him, as you're drawing near to him, as you're praying to him, you're worshiping him, you're listening worship music, you're filling your heart and your mind with beautiful, uplifting worship music that praises him. As you're talking to him, you're seeking him. It says that he will draw near to us. It's a simple formula. It's a promise. God does not break his promises at all. He cannot lie. That's what the Bible says. God cannot lie. So these are promises to us. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So if you're feeling distant, ask yourself, have I been drawing near to him? And start drawing near to him and praying to him, reading his word, journaling, seeking him out, talking about him. 
Um, just asking God, God, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you more, Lord, because he hears us, you guys. Everything, every cry, every prayer, everything that we say to him, he hears us. I promise you. The next thing I want you guys to just remember is that there will be dry seasons, but pursue him anyway. No matter what you do, like in life, there's going to be dry seasons with him. It's not a perfect linear relationship with the Lord. So give yourself the grace and knowing that sometimes there will be dry seasons. Honestly, you guys, not every single day do I want to read the word. Not every single day am I like, I'm going to wake up at 8 a.m., put my worship worship music on, I'm going to pray to him, and I'm going to sing to him. Sometimes there's days where I'm just like, I'm not motivated. I'm going to be straight up honest. And any Christian that tells you it's super linear is lying because it's like a regular friendship. Like if you're with a friend, you know, sometimes you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to hang out with that friend today. Or I just don't feel like talking to that friend today. That's kind of how it is with God. And just being realistic of like, sometimes I don't want to pursue him. Sometimes there are going to be dry seasons. So give yourself grace in knowing that, you know, there's going to be seasons where you're like, I just don't really want to seek him. But try to pursue him anyway and ask the Lord, Lord, reveal yourself to me more. Show yourself to me more. Okay. The next thing is dealing with the sin. So what is it in your life that entangles you? What is it in your life that you're like, this, I, I'm struggling with this. Whether it's porn or maybe alcoholism or a guy or the pride, the desire and the need and the greed of money or whatever it is in your life. I think we have to deal with that, repent and confess the sin. So it says, James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Confess your sins to people, you guys. Let people in. That's why, again, having accountability, having good people in your life is so, 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 so staple because it says that if you pray for one another, you can be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The Bible asks us to confess that because I believe there is freedom in confession. Satan does not want you to confess your sins because he wants you to say he wants you to stay enslaved. He wants you to stay in that guilt because he'll say, Oh, no one understands what you're going through. Satan is nasty, you guys. The only purpose, it says in John 10, 10, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want you to confess those things because he wants you to stay in the darkness. So guys, the way we can break free from that is by bringing the sins out into the light and confessing them. Having people hold you accountable, being honest with yourself, even if you don't want to, but I promise you, you will find freedom in that. And then repent. You say, God, I am going to turn from that way and I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm going to walk in your way because I know your way is better for me. I know that can be hard and I can do a whole other podcast on that because there's so many other things I can talk about that on, in that. But that's just another point I wanted to make. Okay, the next thing is just getting Christian counseling. If you're struggling with something, I really, really, really recommend getting into Christian counseling. I think there's a really weird you know, stigma around counseling that I think we need to break. I was, I've done counseling. It has been the most life-changing, game-changing thing I've ever done in my life. And I really, really recommend you guys to get into Christian counseling. There's online things you guys can do for Christian counseling. I have a counselor that I love, I recommend. Um, so don't let there be a stigma or don't let anyone make you feel bad about seeking a counselor. I promise you, once you start getting to the root of things and you start dealing with these things, then you can start healing from them. 
If you don't reveal it, you can't heal it. So start revealing what it is and getting healing in it. And that's where Christian counseling can help you. Um, so next thing I want to make really quickly is what are the things that have maybe hindered you from believing? Do you not trust who he is? Or what are the reasons why you might have a doubt? Is it because you're like, well, if God is such a good God, why is there cancer? Or why did my mom, you know, p- perhaps die in a tragic way? Or why is there war? Maybe there's things that you just don't understand and you're, it's it's causing you to doubt God and, to, and it's hindering you from fully believing him. And I understand that and I want to validate that. But for me... I try to just remember that I always say, God, you are a good God, regardless of what is happening. I have this childlike faith where I'm like, Lord, you are good no matter what. But in James 1, 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one that doubts is like a wave of sea, wave of the sea that is being driven and tossed by the wind. For that person not, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded and unstable in his ways. I want you guys to remember, like, you can come to God and say, God, I may not understand, but show yourself to me. Ask him in faith and say, Lord, I- I'm confused. And if you guys really are confused, I pray and I ask that you would bring that to a counselor, bring that to a pastor, and ask somebody so they can help you understand. And Google it, research it, at, Google your doubts, because I want you guys to have clarity in these doubts. Okay, you guys, I have like four more points and I'm trying to get through this quick. Okay, the next thing I wanted to say is just praying. Um, Praying, it becomes a practice. It doesn't have to be this religious thing or anything of that sort. Praying is simply just you talking to the Lord. I think God really wants us to pray because it is building a relationship with him. So in in, uh, Mark 11, 24, it says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And um, the next verse I want to say is Matthew 6, 6. It says, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So don't, don't just pray because you're like, oh, I know people will see this and this will make me look good. But God really is seeking for a heart that's after his, that desire, desires to know him. So before bed or in your quiet time or in your room or whatever it is, just pray to the Lord and you can just simply be like, God, hey, it's it's me. Um, I don't really know what to pray today, but I just pray, God, that, you know, you'd reveal yourself to me or just simply praying and saying, God, you're good. I trust you. I love you. You're a powerful God. And so just building the habit and the relationship with the Lord and discipline of just praying to him daily. It doesn't have to be this religious thing, this perfect thing. It doesn't have to look perfect or a certain way. It doesn't have to look like anyone else's other prayers, but just just pray. And for uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He wants us to pray to him and for us to give him our requests. So just taking time out of your day to notice him and to honor him. And don't, don't feel like it has to be religious, but just simply talk to him. And you guys, the last and final point that I'm going to say is trust the process. It's going to take time. It may not be easy. And remember, he's like a friend. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants you to realize how much he loves you. And he's like a friend. To build a relationship with anybody is you have to spend time with them. Talk to them. Call them. Hang out with them. That's how it is. The same thing with God. It's just hanging out with him. It's going to take time. But keep going. And the more again, like I said, the more you draw near to him, 
the more he draws near to you. And you don't have to earn his love. Nothing you can do or doing will take away his love from you. So you don't have to earn it. So don't feel like you have to be religious or be perfect to come to him. He already loves you just the way you are. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you a chance now to say, to go through the salvation prayer and just simply say, God, I may not understand you and I am a sinner, but Lord, today I'm going to choose to say, I accept you in my heart. I will now confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are the Lord of Lords. You did die on the cross for my sins and you were raised. And I'm now going to choose to say, Lord, no longer my life in my hands, but you now have my life in your hands. And I'm going to choose today, choose today to say, God, I choose you and I will obey you and I will follow you from here on out. And then you guys, you will spend eternity in heaven with him and not in hell, but in heaven with him. And that makes me so exciting because angels rejoice when you enter into this kingdom ship and now you will be forever in eternity with him. And I want you guys in that because it is an amazing life when you don't have to fear death. And those are my tips, you guys. Um, I hope that helped you guys out. If you have any more questions, of course, please write me on the Happy and Healthy Podcast Instagram. The Instagram handle is Happy and Healthy Podcast. And I hope this makes sense and really helped you out. Um, if you made it to the end, props to you. I know this was long, but there's just so many points in this. And I just want you guys to remember just it's a process. It takes time and it's not an overnight thing, but it's okay. Trust the process. Keep drawing near to him and keep abiding in him. And remember that it's going to be hard sometimes, but it's worth it. I promise you. And as you're going in your walk with Christ, he's going to prune you, which means he's going to take out the things that don't provide fruit in your life, beneficial things in your life. And he's going to prune you to make you look more like him. Now, obviously, there's so many other points I could touch upon this and bring into this, but this podcast is getting so, so long. So definitely keep coming back, listen to the podcast, because I will definitely have more points to this and more things to help you guys out. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you guys again next week on the Happy and Healthy podcast. There's a new episode every single week. And of course, leave me recommendations on the Happy and Healthy Instagram if you want to hear anything specific. And I will catch you guys next week. Stay happy and healthy. And bye, guys.